Welcome to another episode of Parks and Conversation. This is a rewatch and talk about podcast where we rewatch Parks and Recreation and uh, then talk about it. It's pretty simple what we're doing here. It's not complicated. Um, and uh, my name is Jason and I am joined by my friend Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, it is going. It is going. And uh, sometimes, I don't know about you, but today I felt like, do I have the energy to go on, to keep this thing moving? Sometimes I just get overwhelmed with bureaucracy mm-hmm. and tape. And, uh, and then I just had a voice in my heart say, you just need to kaboom it. And then I did. So here we are. I kaboomed it. Today we're talking about episode six of season two, Kaboom. And Question. Yes, sir. Who, who's, who, do you, who sells all the red tape? Like, I think maybe that's the problem. If we didn't have red tape to begin with, maybe there wouldn't be so much to cut through. Well, the only way to stop a bad guy with red tape is a good guy with red tape. Yeah, because so, if we can't have red tape, then only the bad guys will have red tape. Right. If you outlaw red tape, only outlaws will use red tape. Okay. Red so, tape doesn't kill people. Blue tape does. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know who sells the red tape. I do. I actually do have a roll of red tape. So it's you. Um, well, I, I have it. I don't. I don't. You know. I just. You know, for recreational uses. I don't mm-hmm. like distribute it. It's just. That, you know. Oh, it's, it's just your friend's red tape. <laughs> I don't even know how it got here. I don't. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know what happened here. So. Um, why do you keep your red tape in a baggie, Jason? Hey, man, I'm not <laughs> judging you about the color of your tape. No, that's noble of you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so let's talk about this episode instead of all of the tape drama of our culture. Um, this, uh, this show, this episode, I'm going to be real honest and upfront with everybody. I owe it to our listeners. I am not crazy about this episode. And uh, there are some things in this ep- this show, this particular episode that are funny. But I don't know. The premise of the whole show is just not, of this whole episode is just not great to me. Jeremy, what do you think? Uh, right uh, off the bat. Um, I, you know, I think you're wrong uh, about your feelings. Uh, I think it was really funny. Wow. Okay. So, Crossfire, let's do this. Um, shots fired. No, I, what, what do you mean? The premise of the, I mean, do you want to wait until the end or do you want to reveal like what? No, I mean, if people are watching this, they, they should have already okay. watched this. Right. So I, I don't like Keith, the, <laughs> the billionaire a, who bundle, does the pranks bundle of energy. How can you not like him? Oh, so many reasons. I okay. feel like all of my inner Ron Swanson is triggered by Keith. And so, uh, yeah, it just really, it, he really bothers me in this episode. I would, I would have rather seen, um, all the things happen to that, like with Andy and, and Leslie and the pit and all that. I don't think Keith is necessary for this whole episode. I don't think Kaboom is a, is a worthwhile instigator of drama. So, yeah, it just bothers me. It just it just bothers me. Yeah. So, 
I hear that. I hear the pain in your voice. I think what it is is that it was the 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 thing that propelled Leslie to actually get up and and do something about the pit. I think they were searching for a way, like how do we get this pit actually resolved? And they came up with this kind of goofy way to do that for her to do something against character, you know, as well. So I think that that's pretty much its only purpose. The kaboom story. And so Leslie gets so pumped that she's willing to do something that she normally wouldn't do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I know why it's here, but I don't <laughs> like it. Like Good. lima beans. I know why they're here, but I don't like them. Why? Why are they here? Uh, they're, they've got a vitamin in them or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I, Paul I, mean, I don't really know. Yeah. Well, let, before we get too far in, I mean, so people already know there's some, t- there's some drama in the stakes of this podcast. So we're going to talk about it and we're coming from different perspectives. No, so okay. it's not just, it's not just a couple of fans fanning out. It's like, no, you know, we're going to, we're going to be honest about our p- opinions about this show. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, My so cares. Yeah. Uh, to be determined, bro. So, um, the, the episode starts with Leslie and Tom in their office and Leslie is, uh, taking a call from her credit card company that is, uh, listing a bunch of suspicious purchases. And Leslie puts this on speakerphone for some reason. I don't understand her, why she does what she does. And, uh, and so some of the lists, uh, some of the purchases involve bucket of cake, uh, Harry Potter, uh, school of witchcraft and wizard wizardry, um, a man pillow, all kinds of different things that, uh, turn out to be super embarrassing. And Leslie is trying to get it turned off. And Tom is trying to keep it going to learn more about the whole, the whole thing. Of what did the, you, you major in? <laughs> Potions. Potions. <laughs> so, yeah, Tom is great in this. He's very, uh, very interested in what Leslie is purchasing. And Leslie is, uh, you know, you just learn more about Leslie and how she really has no impulse control whatsoever in her personal life mm-hmm. um, and buys all kinds of bizarre stuff. Um, and I think that's as part of the Michael Shirt universe, you know, this is similar to Michael Scott. And when he has his bankruptcy episode and mm-hmm. uh, Oscar is walking through his purchases, like what? No, no adult needs two magic sets, <laughs> you know, like that, that kind of discrepancy. Um, it, was, it was funny. Again, I was like, that's a good joke. Funny here in the parks and recreation. Also. Of all the things that uh, were listed, what uh, what do you think is the most tempting purchase? Um, in your own life, what would you say? I would sign up for that. A uh, bucket of cake. Yes, correct. Yeah, because because yes. you get you get to eat something, and when you're done, you have a bucket. Right, which is you know, you can never have enough buckets. Yeah, the the one I thought was hilarious was her Netflix subscription, which okay, and then also her Blockbuster online subscription, um, right. because it dates things. I was like, oh yeah, I remember when that was a thing because that's not a thing anymore, and right. uh, yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm I'm old. Yeah, it seems like that was a lot longer ago. Right. Than just 10 years. <laughs> like Blockbuster <laughs> online, I, that seems like forever ago. But then again, Monday of this week seems like forever ago. Yeah. So it's hard to gauge time. 
been the longest decade. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, Bucket of Cake. Uh, do you think, if it's a subscription model of Bucket of Cake, do you think they have, like, a different cake in each bucket? Or is it a variety of cakes thrown into a bucket? I think, I mean, the smart business person would offer both options. Obviously, you know, you could get like the sampler, kind of like how they do the popcorn, where you get that 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 yes. uh, divider set and each one could be different. Or you could get just one big, like a party uh, bucket of cake. Um, and I just like to think that they have all sorts of different flavors and frosting combos. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe seasonal ones, like a Thanksgiving cake, uh, turkey and gravy style cake, uh, a Christmas cake, um, you know, Easter cakes, things like that yeah um you know i I also like to think that maybe they put like prizes inside maybe and i don't know they just (laughs) bake in like a toy or something yeah i am on board my uh if people are listening to this and hear a dog barking that's maggie she's just outside staring and barking so i'm sorry she's helping um yeah the uh uh i i you said something about thanksgiving cake which i think maybe you were joking but there's got to be a way to serve savory cakes. We have savory pies, right? Yeah, meat meat pies. Meat pies. Mm-hmm. So, like a meat cake. Chicken I mean, pot we pie. Have, right. We have meatloaf, which is like a cake. Yeah, like, but, a, like a meat bunt cake. Oh, my gosh. If there was a way to make a meatloaf in a bunt cake, oh, mm-hmm. I would be so happy about that. No. Um, but, like, Thanksgiving. Shepherd's lends pie. It, Yes, this is where I'm heading. It lends itself to some kind of um, layered treat. Oh, yeah, like you've you got have your the, mashed you have potatoes. The, the stuffing. And, and stuffing. And like you could have gravy in between each level, mm-hmm. like, like a cream cake. Um, but then also like inside you can have corn and you can have turkey. You can do all of the stuff in like a cake shape. It's, yeah, with like it, a, like a cranberry glaze. Oh my goodness! Frosting. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that would be awesome. But anyway, we are ten minutes into uh, this recording, and we have only talked about twenty seconds of this episode. So uh, we should probably keep moving. I think. Um, yeah, it's up, up, up to you. Thank you. Um, so after the cold open, they go to the park. Uh, where there is a bunch of there are a bunch of volunteers working together to build a park in Eagleton, and we will learn more about Eagleton in the coming uh, years of Parks and Rec. At this point, Leslie says Eagleton is two towns over. Which do you is you wrong. caught it? I was going to ask you that. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Eagle, Let's talk Eagleton about what happened. Is one town over? It is because they share a wall, a right. fence. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so either about that too. they they absorbed a town, <laughs> which could have happened. That happens, yeah. you know. Or it's just a mistake in the writing, and they're like Eagleton should be right next door. Yeah, they just ret- they just retcon the map. Yeah, hope hoping that people wouldn't go back and say, "Wait a second, that's not right." Um, well, we yeah. got you. And also. Eagleton is they're like the enemies of Pawnee right and and so it's like it's just so weird that Leslie is there volunteering with the whole parks department from 
Pawnee in Eagleton. And so that is a, uh, I, I wonder if they, they look back on that at, at the create creators of the show and go, we really, really kind of confuse the issue here. So I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's kind of one of those, those, uh, those things are like, Hey, we have this other town. We already brought it up. Let's say they were over here. Um, you know, remember that park episode, the kaboom one, and maybe this is where, I don't know. They established it. That's the weird thing. They could have just made up a totally different town. So yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. think they, I don't think they had Leslie's hatred of Eagleton planned at this point. Right. Um, it feels like it doesn't take long though. I, I can't remember exactly when Eagleton becomes the nemesis nemesis of Pawnee, but yep. it seems like it's coming real soon. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just a, a weird little detail that they uh, they clearly missed. Well, maybe this was um, it. Maybe they got the park, the Kaboom Park, and as we'll find out, uh, Pawnee does not get one. And maybe that's the start. Right. Maybe uh, that's the prank. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what Keith's all about. Maybe the prank was the enemies we made all along. Yes. The real prank is the enemies we made along the way. Oh, Keith is brilliant. I'm coming around. Yeah. Speaking of Keith, played by Paul Shear, his name, when you first watch it, it sounds like they're saying Keith, which is a real name. Mm-hmm. But then he actually has a name tag that says Keith, K-E-E-F. And uh, I don't know what that name is, um, but right away, it was like, that's a name of somebody who needs to be punched in the face. Keith. It's a very, it's a very punch, punchable name. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, gosh, I just... Paul Shear is has his moments of comedy brilliance, and I just, I just don't like him in this this episode, like like at all, zero percent. Yeah, because I, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I will agree with you. I don't like people who like manufacture their enthusiasm, you know, who are um, overly charismatic, almost to a fake point. Like, like I, I'm more of the Ron Swan. I'm with you on the Ron Swanson thing. Like this guy's annoying, but at the same right. time, at the same time, just saying, I know that there are people like this out there in the world and they get stuff like this done because of their charisma. And, it, and you're just kind of like, all right, I guess I can, I can put in this merry-go-round or something. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I, I, I get it. I get it. I've met Keefs before and most of the time I'm fine with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did feel very much like Ron in this episode. And I think it would, was surprising to me. Ron doesn't want to do anything. Right. right. He, to, he, he doesn't really want to be involved in the parks department or the making of parks. But we will come to learn Ron really loves building things. And like making stuff. That's a good point. And I so like that. Yeah. Is, I, wonder, I was wondering, like, why is he here? That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, did you see he had the like utility armband right, for yeah. like the bits and stuff? And, like he was ready to go to do work, and and that was part of the, the annoyance. Is like I just let me build the thing, and Keith is like saying, "Work faster, work faster. You got this, Ron." And he, like tries to tickle him. He's like, "Don't do that." Um, Ron just wants to do the job. Yeah, just he's not the guy up. you need to motivate. No, if he's on board, he's going to do it, and it's going to be the best pre-manufactured slide swing set merry-go-round whatever he was building that you've ever seen Mm -hmm. um the only thing that he could have done better is if it was 
handcrafted in his own wood shop. Like that would have been like the ideal project for Ron, but right. Made out of mahogany from a tree that he chopped down himself. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I liked having Ron there and then really Ron just kind of disappears for a while. He doesn't have very much to do in this whole episode. He will come back one more time. Um, but he's just there doing a little building. Um, and then he'll come back and yell later. Um, but part of this as well as we get reintroduced to Andy, he's been gone for a couple of weeks. Um, but he comes back and this time he's, he's come to volunteer. Um, and he's wearing all kinds of pocketed clothing. And so they're talking and says, what are you doing here? I thought you were home. I was like, nope, I'm living with my band, my drummer, not to brag. Um, and uh, then it c- cuts to a talking head where he says the key to volunteering is a lot of pockets for all the food um, because these different organizations, they, they want to treat their volunteers. They, they get them a bunch of food. It's one of the ways to build morale. And Andy has cashed in on that and is there to get all kinds of free food since he doesn't have a job. Uh, and he just is couch surfing with his drummer, basically. Um, yeah. Where's the best food that you've ever had when you've been volunteering at something? Oh man, you put me on the spot. Um, volunteering. Uh, one time I volunteered to eat at a Burger King um, and, and got some food there. It was decent. But yeah, as far as a free kind of a thing, um, I don't know. Um, the cookies when I gave blood was pretty good that one time. Yeah. What about okay. you? Um, I'll, think, I'll think more. Ironically, the best food that I've ever had was at a 30 hour famine, which was for uh, World Vision. Were you hallucinating? And it was just like the best food ever. No, the kids, it's like a youth group event where my kids fast for 30 hours, um, but they also bring in entertainment. And so I was in a band and we played there. And in the green room, it was actually really good food. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, I wasn't a part of the famine. I was, the, I was there to entertain. And so they fueled the entertainers. It was great. Did you keep and the food I, in the back? Like you didn't like walk around out there with your huge ham sandwich and pizza? Correct. Okay, yes. good. Yeah. So that was, that was super fun. Um, it, was, it was, you know, ironic, but also delicious. Delicious, delicious, delicious irony. Irony. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so they build the park and um, Anne and Leslie, they're going home and she is super excited. They're so eager, like, wow, it's so much great. We got so much done. They're so excited. And then they drop Anne off at, uh, at her house and Anne says, I wish we could kaboom the park and just make it happen, which gets Leslie thinking about how can they do this? And um, how can they speed things up? So next day, they go into the office um, and they're in the conference room and they've got their whiteboard diagram of all the steps that they need to take to to finish the park. And Leslie holds up the eraser and says, this is a kaboomer. And she wants to erase the board, but Jerry used permanent marker on the whiteboard and uh, they again here they're turning on jerry and this is more and more of his incompetence right and this is one of those times where it's really his fault like it's just blatantly he screwed up he's like sorry guys i I grabbed the wrong you know so now it's deserved 
And this is where I think they really set, you know, get in the groove as far as like most of Jerry's stuff is self, like he does it to himself in a way. Right. It's not right. just them totally being mean to him. Obviously they're being harsh, but he doesn't help himself out. Right. Um, yeah. So his, his own inattention to detail is, and what he's doing is showing up. Um, but they do go pretty far in their criticism of him and asking, why were you even born? <laughs> yeah. Let's all pretend Jerry was never born and this whiteboard was clear. <laughs> so pretty intense. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Leslie says like they, she wants ideas on how to move this thing forward. And, and so Jerry here raises his hand and like, Leslie looks at him and says, this better be a good idea. And he slowly lowers his hand. So he is being beat into submission. Um, and so, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, Jerry is getting assaulted here. Uh, verbally by all the people um and then mark says tell like says leslie let's talk outside privately and he tells her like just go fill it in it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission which is not actually the best way to move forward when dealing with governments um so yeah so she is like okay who do i ask for permission to not ask for permission <laughs> so she's so wired in to the way things have been and the bureaucracy of the government that the idea of just doing something is so is foreign to her. Mm -hmm. So Mark again says, "Just go do it," and so she does. And she gets let she gets Anne on board, and they're ready to go. And uh, when she uh, we next see them, they cut to the pit and. Leslie has made some hard hats uh, for them that uh, say, no, I'm going to say a word that might be offensive to young ears. So, but um, kick, kick is, yeah, it says kick ass. And Anne says, I'll take this one and grabs the kick helmet real fast. Um, so <laughs> Leslie just has ass on her head. It's very funny. Um, but then because of the way they're standing, it says ass kick. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very funny. Um, and uh, then the guy's like, you ready to go? And yells out a fake name for Leslie, because even though she's just going for it, she still is trying to protect herself. She gives them a fake name to rent the backhoe and the dirt. Um, and uh, yeah, so they she gives a speech and they start and they drop dirt in the pit but who is in the pit jeremy andy yes correct answer ah, andy is in the Weak. pit um yeah he uh used to live there but he moved out and so they didn't know he was in there they should have checked um and uh, so he gets out of the pit and then it drops more on him okay good yeah i was gonna say the best part is like oh we got oh no and then they jump drop a second one on him so that is a, uh, yeah. So then they go to the hospital and there's all kinds of noise and commotion. And it's, you know, if you know anything about hospital shows, as soon as there's noise and commotion, somebody's going to die. And so I think like, that's a commercial break, uh, where they come back into the hospital. And so you don't know what happened to Andy and then going to the hospital is all just like blaring alarms and stuff. And there's emergency happening. 
and he is just breaking stuff. Um, but the oxygen meter or something. And, um, and, uh, and is like, and is his nurse, which would never happen in real life. But, uh, she comes in and is like, that's not a toy. And he says, anything's a toy. If you play with it, it's true, which is, you know, yeah. I mean, words to live by from our friend, Andy Dwyer. Um, sorry, my app that I keep my notes in keeps closing. Okay. Uh, she asked him, what were you doing down there? Right. And what was he doing down there? Well, he had forgotten his headphones. Um, and so he went to go back to get it, but then he found a tarp that was really comfortable and saw a cereal box that he hadn't read before, which I thought that was the best part of that joke. Like he just read so many cereal boxes. Like, oh wait, that's a new one. And then he got so comfortable that he fell asleep. Right. And here's one of the things like this cereal box. It wasn't his cereal box that was in his tent. No, everybody's just been throwing their garbage into the pit. Yeah. So he found or somehow a cereal box ended up in his tent that was not his that he had not read before. Um, and that was the heavy reading that made him real sleepy. Um, yeah. Oh, Andy. Andy, Andy, Andy. Um, and so. You know what? Cereal boxes can teach you quite a bit. I got schooled the other day by my kids. Uh, we were eating some cereal and uh, at, at breakfast and the box was out and there's a maze on the back. Which of these five, uh, you know, at the top, there's five, five paths. Which one leads to the end? You know, the, the whatever the, the goal of it was. And my daughter says, dad, which one, which one is it? And so I trace them all and all that stuff. And uh, I go, it's number, number one. And they're like, She's like, oh, did you trace all of them down? And I said, well, yeah, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. She goes, why didn't you just trace this, the end back up to the one that starts? Like you're, 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 wasting, you're wasting time, dad. You didn't do this right. And my eight-year-old, my eight-year-old goes, yeah, that's what I did. I was like, okay, great. I can't even do cereal boxes. I'm, I'm losing at cereal to my kids. You know, I believe that children are the future. Oh yeah, they got me beat already. So I'm I'm for it. Whatever they need, right. I'm I, that I'm good with. Yeah. Why don't you guys go ahead and take over? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that we you still have room to learn. Yeah. My and question I, with Andy falling asleep is like, is what part of it was he reading that made him sleepy? Was it the ingredients? Ingredients. Yeah. Because those are big words, and that makes me tired thinking trying to pronounce big words i think that really does wear me out or or just all the marketing jargon for just how how healthy this box of like sugar bomb cereal is for you Mm, you know full of whole 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 wheat organic corn syrup yeah i don't know if you can't beat them sweetums um yeah so uh they uh yeah this is a disaster really because there's going to be problems that come from all this. But Andy is looking at all of this as so good because Anne is paying attention to him again. And, uh, and so he thinks this is working for him. Like he's going to get Anne back. Uh, poor, poor Anne, uh, poor Andy. I mean, so, uh, no, no, poor, poor both of them. Poor everybody. Yeah. She just can't get rid of him. Like how, how, how clear does she make need to make it known? Right. He's just such an optimist. 
that he and he thinks he is amazing and he's not and he just needs to learn like hey dude you got dirt dumped on you because you're not amazing it's not your fault but it is so uh so then it cuts back to the offices this is when we see ron again um and uh Leslie is feeling like pumped up and energized. Uh, and he's like, Leslie, my office. And uh, he comes in and he's like, can I smoke in here? He's like, you don't smoke. He's like, well, you know, maybe I'm going to start. Um, and uh, Ron basically says that, hey, your stunt here with dropping the, the dirt in the pit is making us all in trouble. And so what are you thinking? What are you doing? And now, um, you know, we're all going to have to figure out what do we, how do we make it right? Um, and so the, uh, I'm sorry, I got distracted by my app turning off again. Um, (laughs) they cut to Ron in the hallway saying, I really wish she had asked me for permission because then I could have said no. I like, I like saying no, it lowers their enthusiasm. Right. (laughs) And Andy, Andy thinks they're, they're getting back, you know, her and him and Ann are getting back together. Um, cuts back to them and he had i love that he had said previously the pit works in mysterious ways but then right. when he goes to try to hold ann's hand or you know really lure her in um she's like what do you what do you think's happening here and he's like oh we're, we're getting back together and she's like no um and he's like i don't get it she's like i'm seeing mark and he's like well what does he have that i don't have and she's like really literally everything right <laughs> literally everything yeah, a job, a job a money yeah. his life together <laughs> a second pair of shoes <laughs> <laughs> right so uh yeah so i mean there it's pretty quick uh, quickly obvious uh what ann is looking for in a man um just St- stability <laughs> just being an adult right, there you and, go. <laughs> and andy is not there yet and so uh, so Anne says, I'm going to have to get you a different nurse, which she should have done anyway, because they have a personal relationship, but whatever TV nurse. Um, and so then Leslie comes to the hospital to visit him and, uh, he's, she's got a little pig with a balloon. Um, and as she's walking up to the hosp- his hospital room, she's met by Scott, the city lawyer played by H John Benjamin, who is one of the funniest people in the world yeah agreed he is so funny he is bob and bob's burgers he is archer he's the one of the guys in the meats uh commercials for arby's uh he's the chef um he has a jazz album (laughs) that's so funny that is uh him (laughs) playing jazz piano with like real jazz musicians the problem is he does not know how to play the piano he doesn't um, even like jazz. Right. So <laughs> it's it's awful to listen to, but it's hilarious as a concept. Like you really, somebody really paid money to make this happen. It's so funny. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And he, you can get sorry, he's, he's, I was going to say, he's one of the top, what's interesting about this episode, it's two of my, two of the, my favorite voices in the entire world of probably top five voices that I could listen to just read the telephone book, even though I don't think there are telephone books anymore, but if you know, H John Benjamin and Nick Offerman are two people, there's like, just their voices are amazing. And, uh, 
and then what's what's crazy is to round out the list. I also have I also had I started thinking about. It, I was like, well, who else would be on there? And I was like, Sam Elliott, who also appears in Parks and Rec later. Oh yes, right. Yes. And then I was like, well, who else? I was like, James Earl Jones. If I just had somebody reading like those four guys going back and forth, it was like amazing voices just reading the telephone book. And I was like, well, you got to mix it up just a little bit. And I thought I'd throw in a little bit of Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Top five voices all time right there. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey does have an amazing voice. And um, yeah, that would definitely be jarring if you're just listening to an audiobook. <laughs> With these different guys and then all of a sudden Gilbert Godfrey comes on like yeah that would be great that would be that would be memorable for sure so uh yeah so H.M. Benjamin is like hey we can't say you're sorry you can't say uh you're upset about the situation you, all these things you cannot say so he's monitoring what Leslie says as mm-hmm. she's in the room with Andy and he gives she gives him the pig and the balloon says I hope you squeal better and they're laughing and it's and she's like I'm so emotional about what happened and and it, uh scott is just like no you can't say this no leslie and uh no miming all the all the stuff that leslie's trying to communicate like how she feels bad um and then uh as they're in the room andy's andy's lawyer comes in and leslie is shocked that andy could possibly sue her hometown his hometown and uh, he says, I'm sorry, but I could get up to $100,000. And Anne is looking for somebody who has a lot of money. So what he heard from Anne saying, I want an adult is I want somebody with a lot of money. That doesn't, so this, sound, like, that doesn't sound like Anne. Well, I can't do her voice. <laughs> that was a great joke. <laughs> it is a good point. It's very good. And so, uh, yeah, I can't do her voice. And so then um, Scott tells Leslie, we have to go. We have to get out of here. Don't look back. Uh, just walk away. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she's perplexed. Like, why anybody would sue Pawnee? Like, you live here. How could you sue your hometown? And, and so she's upset by, uh, by Andy's actions. And so she goes to Anne's house. Because Anne is where um, Leslie processes all of her emotions with. She's the only one that uh, she trusts. And so Anne says, all right, I got an idea. So she calls. Oh, wait, I skipped a whole bunch of voicemails where Leslie was trying to get in Andy to, to uh, talk to her without the lawyer. So he's, she's leaving all kinds of different voicemails um, in different situations and like, hurry, call me. Um, yeah. And then it just... Tom is there. He's like, well, that was weird. She's like, how long have you been here? Um, so uh, yeah, Tom doesn't have a lot going on, but most of this episode, Tom's interactions are phone related. That's true. So yeah, uh, Tom uh, Aziz Ansari was uh, in a in a series called Human Giant with Paul Shear, and that Paul Shear was funny in that. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's when he was funny. <laughs> he was funny in that. So they had a a, a sketch called let's go do you remember did you ever watch human giant I, yeah i watched human giant i don't remember that one. Oh, it was just the three of them aziz paul Shear, and uh rob hubel the the three guys in human giant and it was basically like keith kaboom energy for everything it was just like let's go and then they would just like run off and like it was like a motivational video it was very it was so stupid but also it was very funny um so they uh 
so yeah so then that's when leslie goes to ann's house and starts to process with her and then she's like okay let me figure it out so she calls andy and says ann i want i need you to come over um and and we need to talk and so ann calls andy this time yeah yeah i said it wrong didn't i no it's okay just just keeping it clear (sighs) i can't I can't. And the funny thing about that was uh, even before it didn't even ring and he answers and says, Ann, <laughs> <laughs> like Leslie cannot get in anything. But as soon as Ann calls. Yeah. Right. He there. is He's so right there. eager to get her back. And uh, we see how eager he is to get her back. Um, when, a little too uh, eager. Later that evening, he comes over and rings the doorbell and Leslie opens the door and there's Andy. Totally naked, <laughs> just like ready to get back into a relationship with Anne. And it is wildly, wildly, wildly inappropriate. And the uh, looking up the trivia for this episode, this is one of those fun facts. They did several takes where Anne, Andy was wearing a uh, like a, a flesh colored covering for his, you know, his man region. His front and, parts. Uh, his front parts, yeah, and uh, and but one of the things that Parks and Rec did was they would also also do a a fun run, is what they called it, where it's like, hey, anything goes for this take, and uh, and so they Andy on one of these extra takes decided that he was going to surprise everybody and take off the covering, um, and that is the actual take that they used for the episode where uh, that, but they blurted out, of course. Um, but yeah, the reaction from Anne and Leslie was like so good that it was like, yeah, that's that's what we needed here. Um, so do you think and I, I don't care, but do you think in a lot has happened since this has aired this episode? Do you think in today's, you know, climate that that could happen like that? That would be acceptable on set? No, no. Yeah, no, not at all. It's a different time. Yeah. That would have been a, uh, yeah, that would, that would have been very bad. So, um, I, I just want people to know we, we don't condone that behavior, but at the same time, it, it was pretty fun. I mean, that's, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I, I do not want anybody to ever do that to me. And so <laughs> I will never do that to anybody else. Hey, like that's it's a, just, that's just not right. Pretty good way to live, Jason. Yeah. You know, I read it in the, in the Bible um or something uh so uh so andy and leslie then like he covers himself up and they start talking and leslie comes up with an idea on how they can move forward and uh and it's an idea to settle so cut then to um andy and leslie and scott in the conference room and andy is wearing the the um what is that the travel pillow duct tape travel pillow yeah. Which is also what Leslie used when she fell in the pit. The exact mm-hmm. same one. Um, and so he's come to uh, make his demands. And his first demand is he wants the city to fill in the pit. And his second demand is to be starting inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts. And I, I just love... Uh, H. John Benjamin in this. He's so perfect. It's like, well, we can't do the second one. 
Um, so I was like, well, 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 maybe he's not as serious about the second thing, but really serious about the first one. Um, and so Scott is like, yeah, well, eventually we'll fill in the pit. And I love Andy's like, well, eventually I can fall in the pit 10 more times by eventually. Right. <laughs> Every time I walk by it, it's a traumatic experience. So, um, and so they, they settle to fill in the pit. And so Andy drops his lawsuit. The pit is filled in and um, things are moving forward. And so while the kabooming of the park was the instigation for this whole episode, you know, Leslie did get the pit filled in is what, what she wanted to do. Um, but I think she had to learn along the way that uh, there is a good way to do things and a bad way to do things. And you should not do the bad way. How's that for a moral? <laughs> that's, that's good. That that was very, yeah, I think I read that in Aesop's fable somewhere like that. You nailed it. Yeah. Don't do, don't do the bad thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye, Pitt. Hello, Lot. Right. And uh, they, Leslie and Anne are standing there on the new Lot. And they, she's like, Can, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And they say at the same time, Anne says, there's so much more to do. And Leslie's saying, we're almost there. Yeah. Um, and so uh, just a different perspective. Uh, but Leslie calls up the phone number or wants to call Kaboom. And so she calls information for Kaboom. And the operator says, there is no company by that listing. What? What? No way. How? Huh? For real? And then it cuts to Paul Shear on a boat saying kaboom is not a real thing. It's a word he made up. It's an elaborate prank to get towns to build parks in undeveloped areas. His next prank is to build a, a hospital in a poor neighborhood in China. They'll never see it coming. And then keep going on the boat. Into and the that's sunset. And that's when I was like, that's a dumb prank. I loved it. <laughs> so great. I, uh, that, like, I, if, they, if they didn't do that, like that last, the, even the build it, if it was Paul Shear saying, yeah, it's just a thing that I do to try to get people to do stuff. Like that would, I don't know. But the prank of building a hospital in China, like it's so dumb. So dumb. No way. It's so, it's so, it's so wholesome. It's, it's, it's like somebody is using their powers for good. And it's like, if you're going to pull elaborate pranks, why not have them be to, to benefit people? It's great. Yeah, I guess you, 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 are you against people having nice things? I'm not for, for free and being pranked. You see, the better way to ask that question is how long <laughs> have you been against people having nice things <laughs> you know I, I i don't write poll questions jason so <laughs> sorry would it change your mind if the meth users polled have the same opinion <laughs> what please um please leave yeah. i uh yeah i don't know no I, I i get it it's it's pretty ridiculous and not real but i think that yeah, not to dissect the frog. I think that's what makes it so funny because so many pranks are so mean. And and here's one. It's just like, this is so ridiculous. Like, no one would ever do this. But 
what if? What if there's some rich guy that's just going around pranking people by building stuff the community needs? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'd like to think like I would be that guy. And maybe that's why I like it. Like if I was given like millions of dollars, I wouldn't just build a park. I'd trick people into building it. I just think it's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) You got pranked. It's like, well, not really. We got a park. He's like, exactly. And he just runs away. (laughs) There was a, do you remember the Dana Carvey show? Uh, vaguely. I think it was on for what? 10 minutes. It was on. Yeah. It was on for about four episodes. I think Mm -hmm. Steve Colbert and Steve Carell were both on it. Yes. Um, and there was a sketch of bad prankers and they would go to the drive through and they would order a ton of food and then they would go to the, it would say like, all right, that's $48 at the first window. So they go up to the first window and give their money. Yes. And then just drive away. Like, we got them. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of what this prank feels like. Yeah. And so it was just one of those things where it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the Dana Carvey show, if you can find it, uh, it is, there's some really funny stuff on there. There's a, uh, speaking of different shows, there's a, a sketch where, uh, Steve Carell is a waiter who is disgusted <sighs> by the food. That was one of the funniest sketches of all yeah. time. So funny. Um, and so every time he had to read like, uh, today's uh, special is the uh, chicken part. No. <laughs> and he's like starting to make throw up faces and noises. Like, yeah, so funny. So, so funny. And Colbert uh, comes out at one point too. Right. Yeah, oh, it was good. It's so good. The Dana Carvey show. Good luck finding that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, that's kaboom, right? I mean, that's it. We did it. That's yeah. the episode. They They have now... Filled in the pit. Filled in the pit. So we are eagerly waiting for the park part of this project to happen, but now they have a lot. So it's good. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have guessed at the beginning of this that Andy would have been the person, the person who caused all the ruckus by falling in the pit. I think it was genius that he was the one that eventually got it filled in. Yeah. I think just the way it was going with Leslie and the government involved now, like they were somehow going to handle it, but it ended up being him. He, he, who filled it in, got it filled in. They, they, <laughs> it was, they, I don't know. It was Andrew Dwyer. Yeah. He's the hero. Yeah. He wrote the song. I fell in at the pit. You fell in at the pit. We all fell in it, the pit. And, uh, this is one of those times where like the community needed a hero to, to rise to the occasion by going literally underground to being like a gopher to uh, make it possible for the pit to be filled in. Wonderful. Yeah, one of my favorite jokes of this episode was actually from uh, my daughter because she walked through right when Andy was in the hospital and Anne was in there and she said she has two jobs because she had only ever seen Anne like at City at City Hall. Oh, like, like she works there. Always, yeah, always with Leslie always at city hall and then so when she showed up at the hospital she's like oh she has two jobs I'm like well that's actually her real job so kids yeah, just kids you know they don't get it <laughs> it's like can't you just follow the narrative with us come on classic saying about children follow the narrative yeah don't you know who One the protagonist who... is <laughs> don't you know what inciting action is um 
one of the things I do have to remind my children all the time when we're watching television is if you keep asking me questions, you're going to miss more things. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. When she saw H. John Benjamin and heard his voice, because I had showed them the the trailer for the jazz album, she, my, my youngest is still has, I think she's still struggling with like the reality of acting and people like, like, are these real people? I, yeah. She's, I don't think she quite gets it all the pretend part of it about it, especially stuff that's right. m- uh, more narrative based versus like, you know, show up Star Wars because she knows it's fake. Anyway, she saw uh, H.I. Benjamin. She's like, that's the same guy as as the music thing. They just put a suit on him. Yeah, it's true. He's playing a different character. But yeah, same guy. <laughs> she was just blown away. Like, you can just do that. Like, you just put different clothes on and you can be in a different show. I'm like, yeah, that's that's acting. That's exactly how it works. Yep. I remember my parents watched Cheers and I loved Cheers. Oh, yeah. I really thought that was a real bar. Right. Yeah. Like this is a picture of a bar in America. And I, because the show basically only took place in the bar for most of the most episodes, mm-hmm. like there's no reason you would think these people have other jobs. Right. You know? And so, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, for the longest time, I thought time travel was real because of quantum leap. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And then you saw Scott Bakula on, uh, you know, that star Trek show and you're like, Hey, now he's in the future. Yeah. I was right. very confused. I, I didn't know how they were connected. Yeah. Well, everything is connected. Yeah. So what we have next, we got Pekitis. Scott. Oh, yeah. Greg Pekitis. Greg, Greg Pekitis. Yes. Oh, and this is ra- Greg Pekitis is rated 8.4 on IMDb. Kaboom was 7.7. As we went over this last time, but um, yeah, Pekitis 8.4. Ron and Tammy 8.4. It's just the getting better. 8.8. Oh my gosh. I wonder if there is a perfect 10 episode in Parks and Recreation. Oh, Park Safety. Oh man. I'm so excited. Well, 94 meetings, 8.6. That's good. That's a good one. Those are high numbers. This season ends on an 8.7. So it's going to be good. Boy, howdy. It's going to be real good. All right. Well, that's that's enough of it. (laughs) 50 minutes of what we just did. So, uh, yeah, dude, I'll, uh, I guess I'll talk to you later. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, man. See ya. Bye.